Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in and welcome back. Been a little bit since we've done a live show, but we took a week off because we were at Summer League. Didn't have the bandwidth to live stream, so happy to be finally back here in front of all of you. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Periscope, Welcome in. We're going to be taking your questions and comments about the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk about their rotations. We'll talk a little bit about the Summer League squad, what's going to be coming up. Of course, we know the schedule is going to be be released in about a week or so. It's going to be coming out real soon. So a lot to dive into tonight. But again, taking your questions and comments. And of course, if you're listening to the podcast version of this after the fact, well, please make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Joining me tonight is Skylar Treppel from LakersNation.com. Skylar, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, uh, back from Las Vegas with Lakers Nation. Just moved to Los Angeles from Canada finally. So I uh, got a different background behind me right now. Pictures coming back soon, but just really happy to be on here uh, with you tonight, Trevor. Uh, although I wish we were in Las Vegas, uh, being in LA right now and getting to do this and talk to the fans with you is pretty awesome I gotta say yes you know what summer league in Las Vegas for those of you watching if you have not been at some point go check it out it's it's a ton of fun it's a blast we had a great time out there checking out Lakers basketball as well as seeing seeing pretty much everybody else we got a chance to see all the top draft picks which was a lot of fun and it's definitely a blast out there in Las Vegas can't go wrong with Vegas, that's for sure. So uh, definitely make sure you guys go take a look at uh, at that if you have not gotten a chance to go. But the Lakers roster, a lot going on, a lot to break down. We look at the guys coming in, and then, of course, we're going to talk about it. Those three roster spots still open, and I've got people messaging me every day. What are the Lakers doing with these roster spots? Why are these spots still open? What is going on? Skyler, I feel like they're just they're just kind of being selective. They're taking their time. Most of the free agents are off the board, so there's no real rush. I don't know exactly when they're going to fill those spots, but it does feel like they're kind of waiting just to see what what shakes free here in the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really interesting what they can do. Uh, of course, there's talk of Jared Dudley. Of course, there's talk mm-hmm. of him becoming an assistant coach. Even veterans still on the market. Uh, you got JJ Redick. Uh, even, you know, some people have even, I've heard rumblings, yep. but some people, I know some will be angry, some want Pau Gasol out of retirement now that we have Trevor Ariza back, uh, get the Gasol brothers going. So, I mean, that's that's more of a joke, but the possibilities really are endless as far as what they could do with those roster spots. If I'm the Lakers, though, I'm, I'm looking for defense. Uh, you know, I think that's the one area we lost that we could really regain here. And so I'm excited to see what they do, but I'm, I'm shocked they haven't filled it. I'm shocked there isn't more going on, but who knows? There could be something interesting that happens. Well, one of the things that a lot of people in our chat are mentioning right now, and there's a lot of people saying, hey, maybe Jared Dudley, right? Some people asking how many roster spots they actually have. It's three. It's three, and I know yeah. technically if you look at the roster, you'll see like like Shondi Brown, he technically takes up a spot but that's also you have to figure their roster is really at 20 right now right effectively it's at 20 that's what you have coming in a training camp we don't look at guys like that at Chandi Brown as much as we as we love him and Mac McClung I don't look at them as taking up a full roster spot we look more after the roster cuts down to 15 who actually has guaranteed deals with the Lakers there's 12 guys right now so that leaves three spots open as of this moment uh but a name that's out there and it's because of what happened last night Rajon Rondo. So let's dive into this. Last night, the Grizzlies made a trade with the Clippers. 
In that trade, Eric Bledsoe went from the Grizzlies to the Clippers in exchange for Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and uh, Daniel Oturu. So with those three pieces going to Memphis, there's already word out there that Memphis might not keep any of them. They don't even really have roster spots. Patrick Beverly, maybe he winds up staying. I think he's the most likely to stick of the group. But more likely than not, Rajon Rondo will be on his way out. Now, here's the key, though. Rondo's making about $8 million right now. The Lakers don't really have the salaries that they'd want to stack up to trade for him. So the key, what would have to happen, is the Grizzlies would have to wave, buy out and wave Rajon Rondo and not find a home for him on the trade market. I'm sure they're going to listen, find out if there's anybody out there that wants him. But if not, they may be put in a position where they decide to buy him out and wave him. And at that point... He could very well come back to the Los Angeles Lakers. And in fact, I think looking around the league, if Rondo does get bought out, the Lakers make a lot of sense as a landing spot compared to everywhere else. I don't see a lot of spaces for him to go elsewhere. So, Skyler, what do you think about that? Rondo may be back to the, again, we're, this is pure speculation. Do not quote us. Do not say this is a rumor that's going to happen. We're just kind of connecting the dots here. If we go down that path, though, what do you think about Rondo potentially coming back to the Lakers? There are a lot of dots to connect here. I absolutely love Rondo coming back to the Lakers. I can see it happening. I can see it working. I mean, let's get real. This is the year of Lakers reunion. This is like the ultimate Lakers meme squad. How many times did we see Carmelo Anthony photoshopped into a Lakers jersey? It's like everyone who's ever meant to be with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. It's like a greatest hits of of Lakers opponents and role players over the last little while. and so I think that Rajon Rondo would be a great fit with this roster. I love the idea of him coming. I mean, him and Russ at Westbrook and having just that that gritty go for it, always giving it mentality. Uh, I think if we if we've got Dwight Howard back already from the 2020 championship squad, I saw something the other day. We only got four players left. Uh, let's bring Rondo back. I, I love that move. And I think there is actually a high possibility uh, with Memphis, unless they want him to to train John Morant. But I mean, you got two guys, and honestly, in Memphis, grit and grind. I, I think Patrick Beverly uh, might be more of that culture. So I think it's almost probable, almost probable that Rajon Rondo could end up back with the Lake Show. Jackie Barnett from Facebook says, "So good, you ended up getting that Rondo jersey with a smiley face." Yes, I did indeed wind up getting a Rondo jersey because of a bet that I lost to Lakers Nation because I said playoff Rondo. We're not going to see it happen, and if it does, I will buy a Rondo jersey and wear it on the show. And, and sure enough, it happened, and I'm now the proud owner of a Rondo jersey. I couldn't be be more happy to be wrong about that one. By the way, uh, I've got a lot of people saying no, we don't need Rondo in the chat. Saying we don't, you know, he doesn't look. He didn't look good last year in the playoffs. Clippers could barely even turn to him. When I'm looking at these last few roster spots, what they do on the court doesn't matter as much. I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all, but it doesn't matter as much as chemistry and what they provide off the floor. So if they're a good fit in terms of keeping the team focused, in terms of keeping the guys all on the same page, in terms of being in that extra kind of coach out there on the floor, that's really what you're looking for in these last few spots. Not necessarily a guy who's going to play a lot. For example, I'm not playing Rondo over Kendrick Nunn. I'm not saying play Rondo over Russell Westbrook. I'm saying for that random night in January when the team's resting a couple of players and you need another ball handler, maybe you throw him in for a little bit. I'm not saying you bring in Rondo and you play him 20 minutes a night. No, he's he's not that guy right now that's just... 
maybe things change and playoff Rondo shows up again, but that's not what we've seen from him most recently. What you're using him for is all the other stuff, right? That's what you're bringing him in for. I mean, look, let's let's remember. It was when the Lakers won the 2020 NBA championship. Rondo was a big part of creating the defense that beat Miami in game six that totally obliterated them. That best defensive performance we had seen all season. A lot of that came from Rajon Rondo. He can help you out in those ways. So when we talk about maybe bringing him in, people say, well, no, we'd rather have Isaiah Thomas. Or if IT doesn't fit, why do we need a guard in Rondo? It's more about what he brings off the floor than on it. And I can understand if that won't sit well with some people, but that's really what we're looking at with uh, with Rajon Rondo. That's the upside to bringing him back. Well, it's so true what you're saying, Trevor, because it that's exactly what I love about Rondo back is that what do we need right now that we lost? Defense. And Rondo can bring at least, at least that defensive mentality and the communication. And yes, we already have that in Kendrick Nunn, who's very young. And of course, you know, Russell Westbrook will be our starting point guard. Uh, I just think that having Rondo there and even to help Nunn grow defensively could be huge. Uh, Rondo is just almost an excellent defensive placeholder at this point. As for Isaiah Thomas, as much as I love him as a player, would love to see him on the Lakers, I feel like he might be destined for a Celtics homecoming uh, with how good he looks. I think that might be his feel-good story. And unfortunately, we've got shooting. We lost some defense. Isaiah Thomas, great NBA player, not on the defensive end. No, definitely not at all. And you know what? Look, the Celtics, when they landed Dennis Schroeder, our former guy, Dennis Schroeder, uh, I, I think that may have closed the door on them adding a guard, period. But I think you're right. I think if they are going to kind of add another one for whatever reason, uh, they would probably be IT. Uh, Kashawn Edwards from YouTube, the Super Chat, says, Stanley Johnson in a P.J. Tucker role, ball handling 3 and D, familiar with uh, Frank and Paul Millsap. So advocating bringing in those two guys. Stanley Johnson, I don't know that he's really going to be a fit. I don't know that he's a true NBA player at this point. I think he's had opportunities, and I don't know if he's really proven that. Uh, Paul Millsap, yeah, hey, sign me up. Look, I've got Paul Millsap right now at the top of my board in terms of free agents that are still out there that are unrestricted. Let's not forget, you've got Lowry Markinen out there who's still a restricted free agent. What, How that situation is going to play out is going to be interesting. Uh, Josh Hart was the other restricted guy that we didn't know what was going to happen with him. Got a big contract. Got that THT-level contract. Uh, three years, I believe, $38 million from the Pelicans for Josh Hart. Uh, he was restricted, and now he's got a big new deal. So congrats to uh, to Josh Hart, former Laker. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree about Paul Millsap. By the way, I knew I was forgetting someone right at the top of that list. I think Paul Millsap has almost everything that the Lakers could need in one of those three spots right now and just fits that veteran mentality of what they've got going on. So I think they should do everything they can uh, to get Paul Millsap. And very interesting with Stanley Johnson as well, for sure. Again, he hasn't really proven it in the NBA, but Vogel, 3 and D, uh, if it's an option, I I actually think there's a possibility that that could work. Uh, But definitely Lakers got to go for Millsap. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's Millsap, to me, the top of my list, Millsap, and James Ennis. Those are my two guys that I'm targeting, even ahead of Rondo, because I think they can help you out the most uh, on the floor and, and and still provide a solid presence off. But I like the three-point shooting that you get from Ennis. And then Millsap just being a nice backup big with some range gives you a little bit of a different skill set uh, than what you've got right now. So I would have him at the top of my list as well in terms of guys to bring in. Um, somebody said Millsap could start at center. I don't know that he would start at this point. 
Uh, I don't think he would, but I think he's an interesting option to bring in off the bench. And we also yeah. have to keep in mind that with these three roster spots, it's also possible that the Lakers just roll into the season with 14 filled. They have to fill 14, but they could roll into the season with 14 filled roster spots and just let one sit open and wait for the buyout market to come to them. I mean, that's certainly an option. Kevin Love, that's a possible buyout market option. Yes. I, I'm wondering more and more if that's something we're going to see go down, the Kevin Love yeah. buyout. And, and then he goes to the Lakers if it happens because you've got the UCLA-Russell Westbrook connection and you've got LeBron connection. And he provides a little bit of 3D rebounding. Uh, could be really nice on a buyout. Could be. Could be. Um, and again, we've talked about this before, but there's an effect. Uh, somebody, Kyle Roberts from YouTube, the Super Chat. Would you prefer Otto Porter Jr. or Ennis? Uh, probably Otto Porter Jr., but he's already signed. Yeah. Got signed with the Warriors, so... James Ennis, by default, maybe because the other guy's not really an option. But there's this effect, right, where we look at a player and we say, oh, that's a bad contract. Kevin Love, that's a bad contract, right? Nobody wants to take on that contract. People are saying it about Russell Westbrook. People have said it about a lot of different players. That's a terrible contract. Even Chris Paul was considered a bad bad contract for a while, got a big new deal this offseason. I don't like seeing, though, where we get, we mix things up. We take a bad contract and we translate that to a bad player. We equate those two things. That's not the case. That's not the case with Kevin Love. That's not the case with Russell Westbrook. It's not the case with Chris Paul. Are they worth the money that they're being paid? You could argue no. Chris Paul obviously has has fought back against that. But you can make an argument that a guy is not worth the contract that he's on. But for most players, unless they're just not an NBA player anymore, there's a number where if you get to that number, you would say, you know what? Yeah, I would take that guy at that value. And so when we talk about Kevin Love, I see a lot of people that say, no, he's not worth it. In a buyout situation, you're probably getting him on a veteran minimum. And at that point, it, it doesn't hurt you. You might you might as well give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You cut him loose, right? So I think that's important to keep in mind when we talk about some of these guys who right now have outsized contracts, but in a buyout situation, that isn't as big of a concern. Yeah, 100%. Uh, absolutely, you know, because people do get valued based on the contract. And as you said, Trevor, what you have to keep in mind is that they were signed for this contract. It doesn't mean they're not worth anything. And Kevin Love is someone who can absolutely still contribute. I love that move. And I think there's a strong possibility um, that we could see that happen because he's just unfortunately dead weight for the Cavaliers. I think neither party is interested because he's, he's sort of that championship hangover at this point. And I think both parties are getting ready to move on. Yeah, and he's an L.A. guy. I mean, so there's certainly a fit there. Has played with LeBron in the, in the past. Uh, Andrew Escamilla from YouTube with a super chat. Thank you. Love the show. Oh, thank you again. Love NBA front office, too. Appreciate that. That's the other show that I do with Keith Smith. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to that yet, make sure you go find that, the NBA front office show. Uh, we cover the entire league there. Would you consider doing an X's and O's video series, like what offensive sets we run, defensive sets, etc.? Yeah, you know, it, there's... When you've got David Fisdale coming in, you know the offense is going to change a bit. So going back and doing it from last season, I don't know how much value there would be. I have done some video breakdowns and things of, of that nature in the past. It's something I can look into. Again, the challenge is the NBA. They don't like you using their footage for stuff. It's hard to illustrate some of that stuff. But uh, but it is something that we can get into and something that we can eventually um, maybe find a way around. We'll figure that out. But it's a good idea. And uh, it's something that I would like to do. 
Uh, Leo Jeanette from YouTube with a super chat. Again, appreciate it. Dwayne Bacon can shoot the three really well. Good defense. I could be wrong because there was a lot going on when I was in Vegas, but I thought, and I'll check this, but I thought he just signed somewhere. So let me let me double check and see here if that if that did happen. Uh, yes, did sign with the Knicks, it looks like. Mm. Looks like he's going to the Knicks. So, yeah. And again, that all that was taking place while we were in Vegas, so that explains why I couldn't remember yes. exactly where he went. A few other things going on. Oh, somebody asked, what about Taco Fall? Taco Fall, my goodness. So, Taco Fall, like, he's not that mobile, but he's also, what is he, I think he's like 7'5"? Seven, 7'6"? Seven, yeah. Something like that? I gotta tell you, so this is, this is a, a summer league story from a few summer leagues ago. When Taco Fall was a rookie, and I go to I go to interview him, it was comical. Like trying to just reach the mic up to actually interview him, I was struggling. Like I'm trying to get on my tiptoes and everything just just to reach this guy uh, because he's so tall. Super nice guy, by the way. Super nice guy. Um, yeah. Obviously, the size makes people say, "Oh, we want that guy." I don't know that he's got the kind of versatility that you need. Like, would he really get minutes? I don't know. But maybe just for the marketing opportunity of Taco Tuesday, maybe that's Ooh. worth something. That could be. That could get the team hype in and of itself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no. Something else I have to bring up, Trevor. Mm-hmm. When you bring up how tall Taco Fall is, uh, I love Dwayne Wade, one of my all-time favorite players. But Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall, and Dwayne Wade gave him a nine. Also, the mention of Dwayne Bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all just came to my head there. Still absolutely shocking, but... I don't know about Taco Falls fit on the Laker uh, as a player, um, unless you know you just really need someone to clog up the paint defensively. Yeah, but we seem to have that. So right, and I don't, I don't think that's something that they really need right now. Uh, and if they did, I think there's a lot of other options that are still kind of out there. By the way, um, if you look at the the guys who are out there right now, there's a number of centers that are still kind of out there on the market that they could turn yeah. to. Maybe Taco Fall is one of them. But some guys with a little bit more mobility, they're still out there on the market. Um, so, interesting. Hassan Whiteside, for example, maybe somebody that you could turn to. Yeah. I don't recall if he wound up anywhere or not. If it was in the last week, I may have missed it. For good reason. <laughs> yes, for good reason indeed. Uh, people say, no way Kevin Love gets bought out. So, look, the Kevin Love buyout, it's the same reason why we said, look, no way Blake Griffin gets bought out. And then he did. Players are starting to be willing to give back more. Oh, Whiteside did go to Utah. I forgot about that. That's that did happen. Yeah. I forgot about Utah. I forgot he landed there. My my fault. Free agency was a whirlwind, and at this point, I know I've I've misplaced where some of those guys wound up. But yeah, he did wind up with the Utah Jazz. Still a number of centers though that are out there on the market right now. Uh, but look, we're starting to see players give back a little bit more on these buyouts. Look at what just Kemba, Kemba Walker just did. So that's why we are um, becoming a little bit more optimistic about guys actually agreeing to these deals, about guys actually getting bought out. These big contracts that we say, oh, there's no way. It's starting to happen because players are giving back even more money in exchange for the opportunity to go somewhere else. And so if that's the case, teams are going to be more willing to jump on that if they know there's going to be savings there. So that's why that's kind of opening up these opportunities. Whereas in the past, we would have said, oh, no way. And next thing you know, Blake Griffin's taking a a big pay cut. Uh, You've got the same thing with a guy like Kemba Walker. And so guys are are hitting the free agent market that we wouldn't have anticipated. 
yeah, definitely. Five years ago, maybe not. But now people are getting bought out left, right, and center. And so to me, it's actually one of the most shocking buyouts that hasn't happened yet. Uh, it seems like the most logical. Some people mentioning Isaiah Hardenstein. Yeah, that's another one of the bigs that's out there. Harry Giles is also out there. A few guys that are out there on the market still that you could turn to if you're the Lakers and you decide that, um, that you do need another big. All right. Let's see what else we've got going on here. Hey, so when we're looking at... Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is a loaded question here. Quadre Poinsett from YouTube. Would you give Carmelo the final shot in a game? So shot clock winding down. Would you give the ball to Carmelo Anthony to win a game at the buzzer? My answer is 100%. I actually really think that, uh, you know, Carmelo, I think, has at least 26 game winners um, with 30 seconds or left, 30 seconds or less left. And shockingly, a stat I saw today, I I didn't really believe this. Mm -hmm. Kobe 22, LeBron 20, Melo 26 with 30 seconds or less. Obviously, Kobe, when you're going to a minute and you're talking about clutch taking over, uh, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest closer of all time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, Carmelo Anthony is unbelievably clutch at the end of games in just a specific situation. Um, I think I said this on one of our our videos with Chris recently, Trevor, that I think that's the dream scenario for Melo is in the playoffs, in that final situation, how it was Kyrie Irving um, hitting the shot with LeBron James there and just seeing, you know, can he make it happen with Carmelo Anthony? Because Melo is actually going to be in a playoff position. And personally, I think game on the line. We've seen him do it with Portland, particularly mm-hmm. against the Raptors. He scored 28 points um, in his first season with them. I think Melo is going to be money with the game on the line and can still, that's the best time to use him, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd be perfectly comfortable with him taking that shot, with him being the guy, right, to take that shot. Um, what I would want to do, though, is I I wouldn't want to just hand him the ball and say, here, go. Right, like LeBron, no. LeBron, you could just hand him the ball and you could say, "Go make something happen." Right, take your guy one on one, and you know, Melo. Though I think you want to try to get him in a mismatch situation. You want to be a little bit more careful about where you put him. Right, thirty-seven years old. I don't think it's fair to just say, "Here, go, go get a bucket by yourself." At this stage, I do think you want to try to run something for him, but him being the primary target in that with even LeBron as say, say a decoy or something, I would be very comfortable with him taking that shot. As long as you're giving him, you're putting him in the right situation in order to hit that shot against either a a switch defender, something like that, or you're freeing up something with an action going on the other side. I'm not at this stage of his career, handing him the ball and say, here, just throw him to the wolves and say, you can go and and create yourself something. Yeah, I think Mello for a corner three end of game, if he's open, is just going to be straight cash. And the one other area that I trust him, uh, going back to you know what happened with Portland, is that pull-up dribble. If yeah. he has an opportunity, and otherwise you'd hope he'd make the right play if he's not open on that pull-up dribble. But if he can take one dribble inside the three-point line and hit the mid-range, I trust him at the end of the game. But I think fans are really going to grow to enjoy just how clutch 
Carmelo Anthony can be at the end of games. That being said, so can Russ, so can AD, so can LeBron. That's right. They've got plenty of options there to turn to, which is which is a good thing. It's a good problem to have. Uh, David J from YouTube with a super chat. Thank you. Does Lowry Markkinen sound appealing? Love the show, by the way. Well, thank you, David. Uh, but yes, Lowry Markkinen is appealing. Problem is, logistically, getting him, it's all but impossible. See, what's happened is the Chicago Bulls, they have rightly made him a restricted free agent by giving him a qualifying offer. And so that has scared away anyone from giving him a deal because they know if it's at a reasonable deal, the Bulls are just going to match. So nobody wants to wants to do that. They don't want to fork over the cap space just to see the Bulls match after 48 hours go by. So with that being the case, he's kind of stuck. He's stuck in a weird spot. He could, and I think this is how this is going to go, I think he's just going to play out the season on the qualifying offer. You make a player a restricted free agent by offering them a qualifying offer, and if the player accepts that, they then have a one-year deal, at the conclusion of which they will be an unrestricted free agent. Now, Markin has already made it clear he wants out of Chicago, but the Bulls aren't just going to let him go. They want to get something for him, um, which means maybe a sign-and-trade scenario. Obviously, the Lakers can't do that. They can't accept a player in a sign-and-trade because that would trigger the hard cap, which... They can't deal with at this point. They've got too many players under contract. So, all that being said, Lowry Markkinen would absolutely be appealing if the Bulls suddenly rescinded the qualifying offer, said, go wherever you want to go, and he said, Lakers, I'll come to you on a veteran minimum. Absolutely. You're not saying no to that. But are those two things happening? No, (laughs) they're not. So, unfortunately, it's just, it's not realistic. Would love to see Markkinen on the Lakers. But, yeah, he'd have to take uh, a veteran minimum. I'm actually shocked he's still on the market, uh, to tell you the truth. I think that he's a really great player with lots of potential who just hasn't been in the right situation yet. But, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think he's coming for the Lakers because I think he can get more money elsewhere. Yeah. I, I, well, I think he should, too. I mean, he's talented enough to get more elsewhere. Exactly. But, um Skyler, I've got a lot of people in here who are upset with the way you hung your Kobe jersey in the in the background there. Oh my god. I I have nothing going on right now. It was the best I could do. This is a lamp behind <laughs> me. I just moved into my place in LA. Uh, I'm gonna have the Mamba Moments uh, poster back up from my Mamba Moments podcast. I'm gonna have the Kobe twenty ten championship portrait in the background. Um, this is just the best I could do with about five minutes of time and limited resources. I got about 10 Kobe jerseys. That's my guy. I got the Mamba <laughs> mentality book in the background. Would never disrespect the Mamba. But, yeah, it was just the best attempt I could do uh, having freshly moved in to my apartment in L.A. Much love and respect for the Mamba always. That's right. That's right. He did the best he could there, and I'm sure – uh, I'm sure those jerseys are all hung up very, very nicely. Yeah, Dan, Dan the man oh, yeah. from in the closet. That one was just trying to get more Lakers apparel in the background as quick as I could. Guy even even put in a super chat to say, "Please hang your jersey properly." Oh, you guys are the best. Yeah, it's a lamp, dude. Uh, Eddie Rios from YouTube said, "What do you guys think is our death lineup?" Okay, so the closing lineup for the Lakers. I think this is really interesting because. I mean, we've even talked about the starting lineup. Uh, Matt Peralta and I did a video uh, earlier today all about the closing lineup or the starting lineup, what that might look like. The Lakers don't have a clear-cut closing lineup. I mean, I think it's very easy to say, okay, Russ, AD, LeBron. Those three are going to be on the floor, but Skyler, who are the other two? Who are the other two that Frank Vogel's going to lean on to close out games? To close out games? We're not yeah. talking about starting. We're no, talking close out. Closing out. 
honestly, if you can, in some cases, I think you go with the five Hall of Famer lineup, and you put Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony in there. Oh, okay. To close out games, because you've got four guys who can hit absolute buckets. Then again, though, then again, I was getting a little bit uh, starry-eyed with the five Hall of Famers on the floor. Might have to rescind Dwight Howard at the end of games if we can get um, Anthony. If we can get Anthony Davis playing the center role, mm-hmm. otherwise, I think you want to go with whoever proves to be the best three-point shooter. We added, which at this point, I might be most comfortable with Wayne Ellington. Um, I do think you want Carmelo on there. So I think that Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington at the two, Carmelo at the three, LeBron at the four, and AD at the five uh, could be a real death lineup for the Lakers. I like that. I like that. I do think there's going to be some flexibility here. I think there's going to be some flexibility yeah, for – Exactly. You've got plenty of guys you can turn to. So Frank Vogel, who likes to ride the hot hand, he can certainly do that here. Um, I think if you're really – if you're going to really go defense, AD is at the five – LeBron and Westbrook are on the floor, and I am putting Bazemore and Ariza with them. And that's that's my defense first lineup. That's how I'm gonna if I'm looking at, hey, I've got a five point lead and there's two minutes left and I want to close this thing out, that's probably my my five. That's that's my group to really close it out and try to lock in defensively. I, if I need a bucket though, I'm probably turning to Carmelo Anthony or maybe a Wayne Ellington, somebody like that. Kendrick Nunn can also light it up, averaged over 15 points per game last season. So that's another guy that you can look at. And that's, I kind of I kind of love this, that there's so many different options that we can't pinpoint that right now. Like, in, in here we are in August, it would be impossible to pinpoint exactly what it's going to be because there's so many different options and so many different paths Frank Vogel could take. I think that's one of the things that's going to be exciting about this season is seeing how all of this plays out because there's so much still up in the air. Yeah, absolutely. That's You really can't have a better problem than too many guys to close out the game with. And absolutely, Kendrick Nunn is a phenomenal player, uh, defensive intensity. Well, a phenomenal player as far as like where he's at in his career mm-hmm. and expectations. I think he has much more potential than people give him credit for. I just haven't seen him close out games too much yet, and that's why I was hesitant uh, to put him in there. But I think he can develop. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think I think you've got the four guys. I think you want Melo in there, and then I think it's kind of a prove it situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, who is shooting the best? Who is playing the best? Who deserves to close out games? Um, I've got a comment here, and I, I agree with you on that, Skyler. Uh, I've got a comment here. Somebody says Tht lost too much weight. Did you see uh, the Did you see the video, Skyler, of, of Tht that's been going around? I did absolutely. Uh, him playing yeah. in in that league and. He looks so yeah. – THT, we saw THT it, when he first came to the Lakers. He had got hurt, right? That's why he didn't play for uh, the Lakers Summer League squad. He got hurt. And then he came into the G League season overweight. He was out of shape. Uh, and then everything shut down due to COVID, and he showed up to the bubble, and he was noticeably thinner than he was previously. And then he came into this season, and he looked like he was even thinner. Now – he looks like he's trimmed down even from where he was this past season. I don't know like I don't know that that's a bad thing. I think no. that I, I don't think the THT is gonna lose strength. He's still gonna be six four with a seven one wingspan. That's not changing. Uh, I don't know that he needs the bulk on him, particularly if he's gonna be playing a lot as a wing and a guard for the Lakers. 
absolutely, I actually think this can help him a lot with the lift on his jump shot. And I think that's the main thing he needs to work on. THT has always, he has uh, what I've heard referred to as farmer strength, where, you know, no matter how thin he is, the guy is just a beast, especially in the paint when he's driving. And so I think THT is going to be more than fine. And that's another guy who hit a game winner against the Knicks, who we haven't even talked about, who might be able to close out games too. Uh, He could be a really great option in the the closing lineup. So absolutely, I have no concerns about THT. Uh, I have a feeling this will be a breakout year for him. And, you know, everyone said Kevin Durant was too thin for his entire career. Uh, These players know what they're doing. They spend millions of dollars on training and training the right way and what's going to work best for their body type so i have a feeling that this whole evolution of tht uh has been planned and will benefit him greatly in all the ways he needs as he's primed for really a breakout year you know what and let's talk about tht real quick because i've had i've seen a number of fans of other teams who have said this is a terrible contract what are the lakers doing what is this guy proven nothing he has not proven anything. I've even done radio appearances where the hosts have asked me, they've been like, why did the Lakers give THT this much money? This is crazy. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Look, I, I say it all the time. You want to pay a player for what you think they're going to do, not what they have done. That's where you get yourself in trouble. If you pay a guy for what they've had done, sometimes that production drops off. And the next thing you know, you've got a bad contract. You want to pay them for what you think they are going to do, what you think they're going to be over the life of that contract. The Lakers are taking a gamble. And on THT, it's on a couple of things. First of all, just his overall continued development. If you watch THT at all when he first came in in the G League with the South Bay Lakers, compare that to the guy we saw this last season. Oh my gosh, night and day. Huge difference as a player. Right, So we're assuming that that upward trajectory is going to continue on, and that's why that contract makes some sense. But it's also a bet on the development of the outside shot. We talk all about his ability to get to the rim. One of the better young players in the NBA in terms of driving to the basket. He's got the funky finishes from all the different angles, all that kind of stuff, and that's great. Right, The outside shot is the next step to his offensive game. We know he's been working on it a lot. If that shot develops... This contract could look like a bargain. If it doesn't, then yeah, some of the the naysayers out there might end up being right. But the Lakers were willing to take the gamble that his development is going to continue. He's going to get better. And this contract is going to look like a steal. Maybe it's next season. I mean, look, this kid has progressed very, very quickly. And I can't wait. He's one of the ones I'm most excited about to see next season, just to see what's changed about his game. Not break, breakout year for THT. You guys heard it here first. Uh, I really think that he is going to take his game to the next level. Uh, guys like when LeBron James believes in him so much, when you've got Rich Paul scouting THT, uh, those are two of the best talent scouts in history based on, as they refer to him, Le GM. And so uh, I think that we're going to see some big stuff. And by the way, I'll just show everyone quickly here. Yeah, tried to hang the Kobe jersey on the lamp. Because uh, I have absolutely nothing set up since I moved from Canada to LA, but uh, will definitely maybe have to rock the Kobe jersey sometime and have my Kobe posters and portraits in the background soon enough. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a real quick pause here because it is, well, we're getting in the thick of it fantasy football season. And we are putting together a league for Lakers Nation for all of you guys. So. I want to air a little commercial here that Ron Gutterman and Matt Peralta and I put together to explain what's going on with this, just in case you want to join us this season. Take a look. 
Lakers Nation, do you want to play fantasy football with us? We are setting up a special league this season for Lakers Nation fans where you're going to compete against the three of us, myself, Matt, the Optimist Peralta, and Ron Gutterman, and we're doing it for a good cause. going to be a lot of fun. 12-team league, that means we're looking for nine. We're looking for nine Lakers fans to join us in a fantasy football league this year. Matt, how do they enter? Yeah, so... Please send any submissions to LakersNationFF at gmail.com. Once again, that's LakersNationFF at gmail.com right there on your screen. And in your submission, be sure to let us know why you want to be in this league. And as far as your submission goes, be as creative as possible. Send us videos, send us pics, send us songs, send us anything you think that will grab our attention and make us pick you to be in our league. And just for a reference, the due date for this is going to be August 24th, Mamba Day at 11.59 Pacific Standard Time, after which we will be going through each and every submission to pick the lucky nine to be in our league. And also be sure to keep open the date if you are picked for September 3rd, Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And Ron, let them know what we're playing for. Yeah, so if you are accepted to our league, you will pay a $50 donation and we'll figure out exactly how that works. But you'll pay a $50 donation that will go directly to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation. Now, we want to stress that this is after you've been accepted. A $50 donation beforehand does not guarantee your acceptance into the league. You will submit your application to our email, LakersNationFF at gmail.com. We will accept you, one of the nine, and then you will be required to donate the $50 through whatever platform we have before the September 3rd draft date. So again, $50 uh, that's after you were accepted. And then, yes, yeah, September 3rd, 6 p.m., we'll have a great time on that draft. So that means we're going to be helping a great cause. Obviously, the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation, that in and of itself is great. And then we get to have a lot of fun playing a little bit of fantasy football. And, of course, there will be a prize for the winner in addition to just, you know, having the honor of beating one of us or, realistically, one of the three of us beating you. Make sure you guys do go ahead and put in your submission right now. And we look forward to seeing you in our league. All right. So if you are into fantasy football, as a lot of us are, uh, you can come play with us. Again, just got to send us that email. Uh, send it to LakersNationFF at gmail.com. Send us why you would be a great fit for this league. We're looking for nine people to join us in our fantasy football league. Going to be a lot of fun. And again, instead of league fees, we're doing donations to the Mamba and Mambasita Foundation. So going to be a, a good cause as well that we'll be supporting with this fantasy football league. So if you're interested, shoot us an email and uh, deadline to do so is August 24th. Mamba Day, 824. Uh, let's see. Renee, getting back to some Lakers talk here. Renee Vandervelden from YouTube with a super chat. Thank you. Said if Rondo is bought out by Memphis, should the Lakers bring him back? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit at the top of the show. I still think it's a decent idea. I don't yeah. know that I would turn down, like if James Ennis and Paul Millsap said, hey, we'll sign for the veteran minimum. I don't think I would turn them down to bring back Rondo, but I don't think bringing him back is the worst idea. This has been an offseason of returns anyway. Look at how many former Lakers came back this offseason. Rondo, why not? Add him into the mix. And besides, we got Trevor Ariza from uh, the 2009 finals, and so Rajon Rondo from that era too again. Uh, that would be pretty fun to see them playing on the same team together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got a super chat here said, 
I don't see what people see in Taylor Horton Tucker. Anytime I see him dribbling the basketball, I get nervous, and he can't shoot. How do we respond to that, Skyler? I mean, what is it? What is it that we see in in THT? How do we sum that up? Um, I mean, one thing I personally do like to look at is the opinion of the greatest players in the world, and LeBron thinks this guy is an absolute superstar, number one. Other than that, it's the flashes. It's the body he has. Uh, I know fans like to say preseason, summer league, it means nothing. But when he was actually getting minutes and putting up those 30-point performances in the preseason last year, that's when everyone really started to talk. Yep. about THD, including LeBron James. And so I think there's flashes, but no, really, you've seen him have that jumper before. No, it hasn't been consistent, but you've seen it there. You've seen him hit the clutch shots. Particularly, again, it's just the way he uses his body and his strength inside, uh, the fact that he's proven his ability before to pass, rebound, steal, and he's a crafty scorer. That's what I like about him. The guy is just THD, he's dynamite. And I think that uh, he's going to be a great player for the Los Angeles Lakers. He can defend as well. And it's THT just has that it factor. I mean, we can break it down in basketball as much as we want, but THT is a special player. And Trevor, I'd love to hear what you have to say about our man THT. Yeah, I mean, we could we could talk this the physical profile, right? Six four seven one wingspan. We can talk about what kind of defensive potential that's going to create, just in terms of being able to affect shots and grab rebounds and dunk the ball and and do things that other people simply can't do because they don't have. The build that he does, I mean, he still has a strong physical frame so he can absorb contact plus the super long arms. He's shown the ability to dribble the basketball. Maybe he's not the best ball handler in the world, but he has shown an improvement there where you can almost use him as a ball handling guard, which the Lakers did uh, at some points last season. He's great attack in the basket, excellent getting to the rim. He will force the action, put a lot of pressure on the basket, and then you look at the passing. How many times did he really he got a great connection with Montrez Harrell last season? How many times did he draw the defense and then find Trez in the paint for an easy bucket? But the biggest thing, you take all of that stuff, everything I just said, all the potential he's got, the passing, the dribbling, uh, we've shown a willingness to shoot from outside. Now, he hasn't been hitting them all that much yet, but I think that will come. The defensive potential, just the way he reads the game, all of that stuff, and then you cap it off by saying, He's still 20. He's still 20 years old. He's not He's not even 21. It's I think it's November. It's when he turns 21. Right? Like he was he was hanging out in Vegas at Summer League. He's not even old enough to drink there. He's 20. That's what we're talking the about. The potential is scary. The potential, the upside, the 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 time he's got to develop is incredible. And that's what's really exciting is you take everything that he's already got and then you factor in that we're just scratching the surface right now. He's just getting his feet wet at the moment. Yeah. And that's why I bring up Logian, LeBron, and his talent scouting. Because mm-hmm. there, as we're all saying, there's just a certain it factor he has. And he's only 20 mm-hmm. years old. That is ridiculous. THT is going to be a special player. And I expect this to be a pretty big year for him. Agreed. Agreed 100%. I, I can't wait to see him. Uh, Marcus Golden from uh, YouTube, the Super Chat. Thank you. Said said same thing we did. THT is still young, still learning to create his own shot. He's going to be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree with you 100%. 
Somebody said, Mike D from YouTube said, enough with all these old guys. Bring Sfee and Lance back. Well, I am not, Mike. I'm not going to argue with you about Sfee McKaylick. That's my guy. I would 100% bring back Sfee McKaylick. But Lance, Lance held a workout for NBA personnel the other day. Like, he's determined to get back in the NBA. I don't know if the landing spot is the Lakers, if that's the right place. I did not see the Lakers listed as one of the teams that was attending that workout. Uh, but I like Lance. I mean, the three guitars, so much fun and everything. I hope he winds up back in the league. I, I don't think it's going to be with the Lakers, but um, I, I hope he makes it. He's kept himself in tremendous shape, and he's uh, he's a lot of fun when he's out there on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be back in the league. I just don't think it'll be with the Lake Show, especially with them not showing up to his workout. Uh We've got a super chat here from YouTube said, is AD totally healed and ready for training camp? Yeah, so he actually revealed this a few weeks ago when Dennis Schroeder was still a Laker and was working at the Lakers facility. Um, and he went in there for a workout and he's, uh, he was filming stuff for his, uh, his YouTube channel. And AD happened to be there. And AD was, was chatting with him and Schroeder said, you know, are you good? And he said, yeah, he just he needed that time off. But now he's healed up and, and he's good. So yeah, AD, everything that we've heard, he's fine at this point. He'll be he'll be just fine come training camp. He's getting a full off season to ramp things up. I really think, and this is my hope, that the quick turnaround hurt AD a lot, a lot more than some other players because he's got a specific regimen that's built just for him to make sure that he is physically ready for the pounding of the NBA season. I mean, look at the previous season. He stayed pretty healthy, right? Because he had a real offseason to prepare. This past season, he didn't. He had like a month before he had to go back to training camp. That was not enough for him to get his body right. I think it's a big part of why we see him uh, deal with so many injuries. And I hope that we see a bounce back season this year in terms of health from AD. Just There's so many people out there just ripping him for not being able to be on the floor. I'm like, go back to Charles Barkley with the whole street clothes thing. I would love to see him shut everybody up and have a healthy season. He will. This is going to be the Anthony Davis uh, revenge season. I mean, it's comical. We talk about how old the Lakers are. Anthony Davis is in his 20s being lumped in with these guys. Mm -hmm. He is still in his prime. There's a strong possibility. We haven't even seen the best of Anthony Davis yet. I mean, we're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. A year ago, we were saying Anthony Davis could be better than Giannis, and now he's getting called street clothes. Uh, Again, Trevor, you couldn't have said it better. The 71-day offseason is what we saw with Anthony Davis last year. That's that's really what we saw, was that it was the shortest offseason in professional sports history. And yeah, this guy with his body, he needs time to train and recover properly. And so he's heard the doubters. He's got guys like LeBron and Russ, his buddies motivating him. And I expect this to be the Anthony Davis revenge tour. No one's talked about LeBron entering year 19 and Russell Westbrook being, you know, a facilitator and the player he is. Anthony Davis might be the best player on the Lakers. And if the Lakers win this season and if the Lakers win the championship this year, well, then, you know, I think really, though, Anthony Davis is about to have the Anthony Davis revenge year. Oh, if we if we see the AD that we saw in the 2020 NBA playoffs, the league's in big, big trouble. Right, that it was two years ago. That was an MVP caliber, Anthony Davis. Right, that that was MVP level play from him. If we get that guy, oh my goodness, Lakers are going to be good. Uh, Kevin Del Rosario from YouTube. 
Other than Millsap, who are the other bigs you think the Lakers can pick up to fill a role? Oh, we've kind of talked about him. Harry Giles is a name that's out there. Isaiah Hardenstein is another one that's interesting. I do think Millsap's at the top of the list because of his ability to shoot threes. Uh, I've had a few people in this chat tonight asking about Damian Jones. He did get his option picked up by the Sacramento Kings. By the way, the Kings have like five centers now at this point. I don't know what they're doing up there in Sacramento, but apparently they're going to be a very big team, I guess. Yeah, I like Millsap at this point. Uh, I think the Lakers have size, uh, but just need quality defenders. I think that's the one thing mm-hmm. we could take. So that's really what I'm thinking about as far as those three roster spots go. Okay, here is our last question for the night. We're going to wrap it up on this because I think this is a good one. Sylvester Williams from YouTube, the Super Chat, said, How about Patrick Beverly if he's bought out? Okay, number one, I don't think he's actually going to get bought out. Now, it could happen, but Pat Bev, like, right after the trade was announced, he tweeted out, grit and grind, let's go. Like, it sounds like he's on board to join the Grizzlies. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's, you know, some evidence there. And I think his skill set does kind of fit with the Grizzlies, but... Let's say that maybe he does get bought out. There's a long history between the Lakers and Patrick Beverly. There's also a long history between Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. If he's bought out, would you want the Lakers to pursue him? Like, would you want him in a Lakers jersey? How do you approach that, Skyler? Sylvester, I love the question, but I grab my heart there because absolutely not. Uh, I'm pretty optimistic, like the optimist Matt Peralta. I like a lot of NBA players. Uh, Patrick Beverly, you know, I remember watching him on the Houston Rockets Mm -hmm. thinking, hey, it'll be cool to watch this guy's career. Uh, But seeing the shove with Chris Paul, you know, I respect, by the way, Patrick Beverly's upbringing and and for him to even, you know, be in the NBA right now is truly incredible. Uh, Great Bleacher Report article. He had a really rough upbringing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not questioning his character off the court at all. Uh, But on the court, oh, my God, the guy can be a little bit of a bonehead, uh, and that might be understating it. And, yeah, I mean, he he basically, with a dirty move, you know, broke Russ's kneecap, which was a big hit for Russell Westbrook. And, you know, one of the viral clips of the last few days uh, was Russ saying, Patrick Beverly's not a good defender. He tricked y'all. And so, like, it's it's just not going to work. There is way too much history between those two players. I love the fact that it's even a question, though. Uh, talking about that hypothetical scenario, it, it is just hilarious. I mean, they'd be fighting every single night uh, within the team, which would be great reality television, uh, like back in all of our ball days, but horrible uh, for the Lakers. So I, I think, actually, Patrick Beverly... Could have a good career in Memphis, uh, grit and grind, playing behind or even in that backcourt with Ja Morant. I think that's a great fit for his mentality, uh, for the way he was brought up. And he he might be the happiest he's been in his entire career there uh, if that does, in fact, work out. But uh, no, I I don't. There's very few things I dislike in the world of basketball. But Patrick Beverly is one of the things I don't like. (laughs) I appreciate the question, Sylvester, very much. I agree. Like, he's the guy, though, that everybody says, oh, you hate him unless he's on your team, right? And people said that about about MWP, about Metal World Peace. People have said that about a number of players. Look, you know, people in our own chat have been making this point. Like, LeBron okayed Lance Stevenson coming to the Lakers, and they didn't like each other. But at the end of the day, I think the the Russ Patrick, yeah, I I don't I think mean, I do we're that. Talking the, injury, the 
that that hurt his career. Um, we're talking really intense jabs within the media. We're not talking just an ear blow and some on-court mm-hmm. antics here. We're talking a little bit more serious stuff. Uh, so I, I don't think it would work. But, I mean, yeah. if Russ wasn't on I mean, yeah, it's just fascinating. It would be hilarious in another scenario, and I'd welcome it, but not with Russ. I think that with Russ on the team, if you really, for whatever reason, if the Lakers say – what we really absolutely have to get is another defense first guard. That's what we need more than anything. And I'm not saying that's what they actually need, but if the Lakers are in that mindset, we must get a defensive guard and Patrick Beverly is out there and, and maybe you give him a look. Why don't you, why don't you just call up Avery Bradley? Right? Like, and then, then you yes. get, you get the defensive mentality and okay, you've got some injury issues and stuff like that, but you don't have to deal with all the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think that's I think, that's the solution if that's what you really feel like you need. Definitely, uh, we should honestly. I'm I'm okay with Bradley coming back mm-hmm. in the theme and providing that defense. I think that could be really really nice uh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it looks like the chat mostly agrees. They say they say just go get Avery Bradley instead. People saying I would go with Rondo over Patrick Beverly. I mean, I think you would certainly have more harmony in terms of just. I don't think you you welcome Russell Westbrook to the Lakers by bringing in Patrick Beverly. Like that's that's pretty rough. Oh my god! Here's your worst enemy. Yeah, here you go. It's Patrick Beverly. Um, and somebody, Robert Gonzalez, said, "Trevor, we actually do need a defensive guard like Avery." Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can make that argument. I would argue a defensive wing first, but I think you could argue that they could use one more defensive guard, and Avery Bradley wouldn't be a bad guy to give a, a look to. When maybe Avery Bradley could switch over to the wing a little bit in this era of small ball, because I think really what we need is is pure defense. That's a little bit of what we lost in the trade for Russ. And so I actually like I and in the theme of bringing back former Lakers, mm-hmm. I think Avery Bradley and putting him on the wing in smaller lineups could work really well for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's only 6'2", but he's got a long wingspan that allows him to defend up a little bit. And so you could see him yeah. checking some threes. Um, somebody mentioned, what about DeMarcus Cousins? Yes, he's absolutely a guy you can add to the center uh, list. Uh, you can throw him in there. I do still think there's skill set duplication with him and Marcus Saul. But, again, that's something you can argue back and forth on. Another guy that, uh, that could be thrown in there if the Lakers decide they need another big. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us here in the middle of August. We're in the off season. We're getting into the thick of it here. We've got a little bit of a stretch until training camp starts up. But believe it or not, the next season, it's right around the corner. And don't forget, the schedule is going to be coming out real soon, sometime within the next week or so. We're going to get a peek at that. Can't wait to see who the Lakers are playing on opening night. Skyler, man, this was fun. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming on here. Trevor, a blast as always. Uh, great to be here with you, with Lakers Nation, uh, especially after Vegas, now that we've all gotten to meet in person. Uh, this is great. Really, really appreciate all the fans who uh, tuned in tonight, even ragging on the Kobe jersey with my limited resources. <laughs> but, yes, once I get my pictures, posters, portraits out here, I promise you guys will be very pleased uh, with the background. And, as always, you know, just much love to all the Laker fans uh, for tuning in. And, yeah, great stuff. Great hanging with you, as always, Trevor. All right. Thanks a lot. And, again, thank you to all of you who joined us tonight, coming in from YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. We'll be back at it again Thursday night. Maybe we'll try and go a little bit earlier for our East Coast crowd. But Thursday night, we'll do another live stream. Thanks, everybody. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe.